0: You're listening to sermon audio from Gospelite Baptist Church. For more resources or to donate to this ministry, please visit gospelite.org.
1: Well, I'm honored today to introduce our speaker. When I got up this morning, I felt differently. First of all, I, I didn't have to speak this morning, so that changes the dynamic of how you feel when you wake up on a Sunday morning and preach. I've been here for 31 years about 85% of the time, I've probably preached on a Sunday morning since I've been pastor here. But when I don't preach and I'm going to be in the service, I feel like I did when I was 13 and 14 and 15 and 16 and 17. And honestly, all my life as I've come to church, my favorite day of the week, I felt like that when I grabbed my Bible and thought, I get to take notes this morning. I get to participate as a member, as, a, as someone in the audience, I, I get to participate as someone who is going to receive truth today, be fed the word of God. And I can't think of anybody I'd rather hear from this morning than the man that God has placed on our hearts, and that is Brother Don Schulteis. It's his first time to preach here at our church, but he's been a pastor for many years. He serves here in our ministry. He serves in our college. And I really believe he's going to take the text that he's been given. It's not always easy. Here's the text, Don. You have to preach this text. Can you handle it? And he has handled it. I heard it this morning. Uh, Just tremendous message would you please welcome him and just show some gratitude, and then we'll let him preach, all right? Praise the Lord.
0: You, love you, man. Pastor, love, love you. Thank you. As Pastor said, my name is Don Schulteis. Is that working okay? All right. Don Schulteis, and I, um, I uh, have been a member of Gospel Light Baptist Church for three and a half years, in that time, I have just been honored to serve and be involved in a lot of different things that Pastor Capaci has asked me to do. And on top of that, I'm the head baseball coach at Champion Christian College. I'm the director of enrollment management, and I teach some Bible classes. So it is an honor. I'm telling you, there's no better place to serve than Gospel Light Baptist Church and Champion Christian College. God is really on the move, and um, it is, I am honored to be here, to be a part, to be a, to be a, a part of your lives. Thanks for coming this morning. I, uh, I made a gigantic discovery this week, and that is most of us are born with one mouth and two ears. Okay, most of us are in that boat this morning. And if you're in that boat, I like to think that God is trying to tell us through that creation, that we are supposed to listen twice as much as we talk, okay? This is a great opportunity for you to kind of nudge the person beside you and say, hey, honey, he's talking to you, baby. But listen twice as much as we talk. And we all know that in this day and age, sometimes that is minimized. So many people want to have their say. So many know-it-alls. Many people feel entitled. I want to make my opinion known about politics and people and places and predicaments. Unfortunately, over the years in my immaturity, I have found myself in that camp once or twice. Uh, I will give me a topic and I will wax poetic about this, that, and the other things. But as I have grown up, and matured, and reached the ripe young age of 56, I can, pro- I can proudly, with great humility, let you know this morning that I have learned to listen. Especially when God has something to say. I know for a fact that, When I am willing to listen, God is more than willing to speak. All of us want to hear God's words of comfort, but in these days, I am enjoying listening and hearing his words of conviction, because that's where the spiritual growth is. I've I've come to realize that a person is either green and growing or they're ripe and rotting. Most people have a hard time getting it into their spirit that there's always something to learn. That all of us can be a lifelong learner. That none of us ever arrive Where the angels hover over us and sing, "Ah, He's arrived. There's always something to learn. I I am loving more than ever the scripture verse that all of us probably know by heart. But there's one little phrase at the end of the verse that I have really Put on my mirror and my refrigerator and my desk. It's found in Matthew 11, 28 and 30. It says, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. It is fun in these days to be learning so much from God when you sit under the preaching of Pastor Capaci, the best preacher I've ever heard in my life. Sometimes I feel like I'm drinking from a fire hose. There's this revelation and that revelation. And I'm reading this and I'm hearing that. Man, I've got so much room for growth. Again, I'll never arrive. I want to be a lifelong learner. I want you to learn along with me. And today, this great old Sunday school story, man, I want to bring to life I want to bring it to life. Fasten your seatbelts. This, this, this theme verse. It was, it was true back in 60 AD when Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. It was true last week when Pastor Eric masterfully unfolded that incredible message from God. It's true today this very minute, and it'll be true 25 years down the road, God is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or imagine. I plan on thinking bigger, expecting more, because my God is limitless, my God is able and he is able to deliver me and thee no matter what circumstances come our way our God is greater today amen? amen amen that's the god we serve that's the god we're going to celebrate today so let's fasten our seat belts and let's get to let's get to the meat when our faith is tested and put on trial God is limitlessly able to provide for us amazing deliverance. And found in that great Sunday school story is the detailed account of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three. Hebrew children. It's a continuation of this grand celebration that God is all that over everything. We didn't vote him in. We can't vote him out. He's got over cancer, depression, and everything today. That's the God we serve. And that's the God that comes to life in the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel chapter 3. Verses 16 through 17, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. So let's put this into context. King Nebuchadnezzar creates this gigantic golden image, a huge statue of his favorite God, and that favorite God was himself. The king declared that when the music played, all the subjects would gather and bow down and pay homage Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down. This really angered the king. As a matter of fact, he was so angry, um, he decided to pitch those three Hebrew teenagers into the fiery furnace. But he also had the furnace turned up seven times hotter, seven times hotter than normal. And I found out this week that's 14,000 degrees. Now, in the summertime, I whine and I pout at 100 degrees Fahrenheit. I can't imagine 14,000 degrees Fahrenheit, and King Nebuchadnezzar tosses them in, and here's the great miracle found again in Daniel chapter 3, verses 25 to 27. The king said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out! Come here! So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps and the prefects, and the governors and the royal advisors crowded around them, and they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies. Hallelujah. Nor was a hair of their heads singed, their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire. On them. Oh, folks, I don't know about you today, but there needs to be a grand celebration at Gospel Light Baptist Church that our God is limitless. He's able. He's able to deliver. Nothing that comes into our life is over his head. He is all that this morning. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Amen. No doubt. But in the midst of all that, we still have to live life. Anybody plan on living life this week? Just a couple of you. Man, tests and trials come to even subjects of God's kingdom. It is what it is. He never promised us a rose garden, okay? Daniel 3.12, King Nebuchadnezzar's astrologers are narking on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they say, but there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. In this verse, we see God's subjects, God's people, a.k.a. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, paying no attention attention to the king's commands, Of course they paid no attention to the king's commands. As subjects in God's kingdom, as God's people, they were too busy paying attention to God's commands. Well, as a result, their faith was tested and put on trial. Folks, just because they were God's subjects, God's people, that did not make them immune to the tests and trials of life. And just because we are God's subjects, God's people, that does not make us immune from the tests and trials of life. There will be those days. There will be those days. When you feel like a bug. And a windshield is coming. You know what I mean? Have you ever been there and done that? There will be those days when you wonder. Am I a bad person? All these things are happening. No. It doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you a person. But God is faithful. Every step of the way. And it's in those moments. That we stand on the roof on the third floor, uh, on the mountaintop, uh, on top of a chair in apache 's Coffee House. And we, we recall the memory verses that we've put up here, that we've stored in our heart for emergency use. And we let the world know, this is the truth. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. Amen. And so tests and trials come to the subject's Of God's kingdom, but they also come to the servants of God's kingdom. So back to Daniel 3.12, we're going to add the last sentence to that verse. The astrologers are still acting as tattletales, but there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you your majesty they neither serve your gods nor worship the image of god of gold you have set up of course shadrach meshach and abednego were not willing to serve those false gods they were too busy serving the one true god now follow me here during their obedient service during their test and trial, when it reared its ugly head, they had to make a realization that just because we are serving God obediently, just because we are doing exactly what God has asked us to do, that does not make us immune from the tests and trials of life. And oh, actually, it practically guarantees it. And so Paul... Man, this is quite a list. Paul, possibly the greatest obedient servant in the history of mankind, talks about his tests and his trials in 2 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 27. Here it is. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst And I've often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Talk about a list of happenings. And all Paul was doing was minding his own business and obediently serving God. In these days, you might be doing, obediently doing exactly what God is telling you to do. And yet, there are those those times when you feel like it's taking all the walking you can do just to stay in the same place. If you're in that boat this morning, I would encourage you to hit the devil with Scripture. Scripture. Let us, all, let us all be so in the word that we can recall and reflect on God's great promises where he tells us he is able to deliver us. And with the chariots of Egypt on one side and the Red Sea on the other, Moses said, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let me share from my heart for just a second. I have never experienced significant spiritual growth in my life when all was peachy keen or hunky dory. I have grown the most spiritually speaking. During and after specific seasons of tests and trials. Was it easy? No. Was it pleasant? No. Was it fun? No. Did I throw a party? No. Did they issue a commemorative coin? No. (laughs) But James hits the nail on the head when he says in chapter 1, verses 2 through 24, consider it pure joy. My brothers and my sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, that perseverance finishes work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If you are a subject of God or a servant of God, and you are going through a difficult trial or test Good for you! Spiritual growth is right around the corner. Can I say it again? And you say, yeah, I see what you're saying there, Coach Don. Good for you! Spiritual growth is right around the corner. Wow, I love it. So, what's a few connection points for us to ponder for when tests and trials come. First of all, we must remember our connection to God. Daniel 3 verses 16 through 18 makes this point very obvious. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. How could those three Hebrew teenagers Be so bold because they enjoyed a strong relational connection to God. There was no hesitation in their response. There was no fear in their voices. There was no second guessing in their, second guessing in their, in their, in their manner of deliverance. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego realized that they were children of and connected to the only God worthy of a capital G. They knew in their mind that their God started his name off with a capital G where every other God was a lowercase g. Hallelujah. That's the God that we serve today, Amen. And there's nothing over our head that he can't handle. I'm telling you, we didn't vote him in. We can't vote him out. He's the God of every sphere, sphere, stratospheres, hemispheres, atmosphere. Our God sits over it all, and he's more than able to deliver us in our time of need. Amen. Amen. No doubt about it. What does D- I absolutely love this. I- I'm going to get excited any minute, so just hold on, okay? <laughs> what does David tell us about our connection to God in, in Psalm 37.5? 37.25. 37 I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. What did the righteous have to worry about? You are right. Absolutely nothing. All of our needs will be taken care of. Our needs, not necessarily our wants. I want a television that fits the the width and breadth of my entire family room wall. But I might not get that. But you better believe it. God takes care of every need that I have. He's supplied it over and over again for three and a half years. I'm blessed to be here. My God is good today. How about yours? Amen. Amen. our needs, not necessarily our wants. God's kids must remember that we're not bums wandering our way through the world, but rather we're children of the king. Our God is the creator. Our God is all-powerful. God owns it all, and he's capable of aiding us in our time of crisis. People talk about having connections. But the Christian is best connected. Someone else might know so and so and such and such, but the child of God today knows God Almighty. Amen? So are you one of God's kids? Are you one of God's kids? Then act like it. A little godly swagger is sometimes appropriate. Okay. I saw Ken Wagner the other day strutting his swagger. Down the hallway because he knew he was a child of the king. Are you one of God's kids? Then think like it. A little godly thinking is sometimes apropos. Remember that you are connected to a God who delivers. And as I was, man, I'm typing, I'm working, I'm studying, and God is giving me revelation faster than my fingers could keep up. And here's what he was telling me. Spiritual battles are won and lost in the mind. Spiritual maturity ought to lead us down the path that says mind over matter. When the storm clouds arise, when difficulties come, I wonder how many of us, are handicapped by our thought life. Some of us snatch defeat from the jaws of victory just as quickly as the slightest wind blows because our thinking is flawed. Many throw in the towel long before God has a chance to show up and show off and show out because we have overthought and overestimated the test and the trial. And underthought and underestimated our connection to a God who delivers. I love what Numbers 14.24 says. My servant Caleb, well, he just thinks differently. Turn in a person to your left or right and say, hey, let's think differently. As of today, in my Old Testament class, at baseball practice, when a recruit is on campus, when I'm walking down the hallway, I want everybody to know, as for me in my house, there will be no more stinking thinking. No more and God tells us exact, isn't it just like God to give us the command, then tell us how to do it, how to live the command he's given us, to live out the command that he's given us. Look there, this is incredible. Philippians 4, 8, it tells us exactly how to think. Finally, brothers, whatever whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever is right, whatever's pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. This morning and in the days ahead, let's all remember that when tests and trials come, deliverance is right around the corner. Our God is limitless and able. But we also must remember the control of God. Yeah, we are connected to, but our God is also in control. I can't get enough of these great verses. Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. The only way that the three Hebrew children could be so bold was to be absolutely convinced that God is in control. I can sense their, their sassy confidence as this old, crusty, lowercase god of a king is having to deal with these three uppity uh, Hebrew teenagers who really believe that their god is in control. Look at how the message paraphrases this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered King Nebuchadnezzar, your threat means nothing to us. If you throw us in the fire, the god we serve can rescue us from your roaring furnace and anything else you might cook up. O okay? king, but even if he does not, it will not make a bit of difference. O okay? king, we still will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. Right now, this very minute, no matter how hot things are or how hot things are gonna get, all of us re- must remember that God has his finger on the thermostat. Hallelujah. And nothing is impossible for him. Can I get an amen this morning? Mm-hmm. Now, in this idea of control, there are there are two Obvious signposts that jumped out at me that we could celebrate just how in control God really is. Now, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were freed in their fiery test and trial. Daniel 3, verses 21, 23, and 24 mention words like bound, firmly tied up, and tied up. The three Hebrew children went into that fiery furnace bound by ropes. However, the fiery furnace, that test and trial, burned away the thing, the ropes that previously had them all tied up. God used the fire in the furnace to free those men from the things that once held them captive. Now, hold that thought. Let's go back to the beginning of the message. All of us will face trials. Duh. Subjects of God's kingdom. Servants in God's kingdom. James 1, 2 says, Whenever you face trials of many kinds. It does not say, If you face trials of many kinds. So, as we face our foreshore fiery furnaces... As we face our for sure difficult days, we might as well glean something from the experience and be set free. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were. What has you all tied up today? Now listen, what has you all tied up today? What has you in bondage this morning that is keeping you from being all that God wants you to be? Let me say it again. Today, if you're neck deep in a trial or a test, if you are in a fiery furnace, good for you. If you choose to, spiritual growth is right around the corner. That which binds you can be burned away. If your heart is set on spiritual growth, God uses tests And trials to refine us and tweak us and make us more like Jesus. Oh my, bad attitudes, hurtful words, hateful thoughts, prideful actions, devastating habits, self righteousness and self pity, a bent toward grouchiness, a tendency to be moody. A mean spirit, a know-it-all spirit, a bent-toward slander, a tongue that gossips, or even a judgmental spirit are all ropes of bondage that can be worn away from around your wrist during your fiery trials so that you might be refined and made more useful for the kingdom. Could it be that none of us are ever used in a significant way until we've gone through a few fiery tests and trials? Any good, any good that I have done, any good that I have done or am doing for God's kingdom has been been made possible because I've walked through a fiery furnace or two. It was only then that some ropes were burned away. When I came here three and a half years ago, I felt like a bug and the windshield was coming on a daily basis. And yet God opened the door miraculously for me to step in and be here outside of my salvation and my wife. This is the greatest gift that God has ever given to me. And I came in limping, but hallelujah, today I'm leaping because my God is in control. And there are a few rough edges that God had to burn away that could only be burned away by taking me through a fiery furnace, a test or a trial, or a few difficult days. Again, if you're going through a rough time, good for you. Spiritual growth is right around the corner. Good preaching, Coach Don. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. This last thought might be my favorite thought of the entire message because it really hits home to me. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, 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 were, they were friends who found a friend in the fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were friends who found a friend in the fire. So we all know this is, this is awesome. Daniel 3.25, King Nebuchadnezzar says, Look, I see four men walking around, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. That, that fourth man in that fiery furnace was not a son of the gods. He was a son of the only God. Man, woo! while Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were knee-deep in that ridiculously hot furnace, Jesus met them there. Amen. Jesus is still willing to meet us in the fiery furnace, in the midst of our tests and trials. As a matter of fact, Scripture records that Jesus hasn't even come out of the fiery furnace yet. So, if you're in that fiery furnace today, you better look around because Jesus is there. Yeah. Hallelujah. That in itself is very cool. We could all go home and say, woo! But what I don't want us to miss as we bring this to an end is this thought. They were friends. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were friends who found a friend in the fiery furnace. As I look at this story, there's one thing that always seems to be left out, and that's the friendship factor. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood tall individually, In the midst of their test and trial. Because they each had two friends who were willing to stand with them. Two friends who had their back. Now in this story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You can specifically find that this group, those three men. They're listed as a group 11 different times. It doesn't say Shadrach did this. And Meshach did this and Abednego was over here. It talks about all three of them together as friends 11 different times. Then you see them talked about in the plural 22 different times. Let's not miss this. This story is about their faith and their God. T-H-E-I-R. Their faith and their God. Our Father. Our life is meant to be lived out in bunches. Uh huh. They were friends. I'm naive enough to think, and maybe even just a little bit silly enough to believe, that there's power in authentic friendship. This morning, I would be so bold to say that if we're going to go to church together, we might as well like each other and be friends. Duh. That's worthy of saying again. If we're going to go to church together, we might as well like each other and be friends. Not even one of us should ever be allowed to go through a test or trial without at least one of us knowing about it, caring about it, and doing something about it. Man, if you really want to know who your friends are, just look to your side when the storm clouds arise. And I have found out over the years that if you really want to know who your friends are, just make a mistake. Does that make sense? But Ecclesiastes is true. Today, more than ever, two is better than one. Two's better than one. Can you say it with me? Two's better than one. Back in the day, families that af- could afford to buy pork felt like they were something special. Back when I was just a teenager, If you could buy pork, that made you feel like, man, your family was something special. When visitors came over, they would hang up their bacon to show it off. Look, there's my bacon. Be impressed. It was a sign of wealth. It was a sign of prestige that a man could bring home the bacon. But it gets better. People would often cut off a little piece of that bacon to share with their guests as they stopped by. And then they would all sit around the table and chew the fat together. That's where we get those phrases, by the way. See what I do in my spare time? It's amazing. <laughs> so, Church in these days, come on now. Don't, 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 don't check out right now. In these days, we as friends must be willing to share our bacon and chew the fat together with each other, with a friend, when a friend is walking through a test or a trial. When a word of encouragement is needed, when a scripture verse has got to be shared, when a hug is mandated, and when a prayer needs to go up, and when a mountain needs to be moved, friends walk in while non-friends walk out. Prosperity provides friends. Adversity proves them. And I'll say it again, friends walk in while others walk out. Two are better than one. We've talked for 10 months about being a great church. But I would say today that great churches are made up up of great friendships. Friendships. Never again, never, ever, ever again do I want to walk through a test or trial by myself. Don't let me, and I won't let you. I'm talking about a relationship that goes far beyond a couple hours on Sunday. I'm talking about being more than just acquaintances. I'm talking about being locked in and knowing this is my friend. I'm not going to walk through a trial by myself ever again, and I'm not going to let he, she, or it walk through a trial by themselves ever again. I don't want to be just that. I don't want to be. I Get it on tape. Write it down. Get it on video. I don't want to be just the head baseball coach at Champion Christian College. I don't want to be just the director of enrollment management or a Bible professor. What I really want in these days, at my age, at my station of life, what I really want is to be your friend. Plain and simple. Not just on Sundays when we give each other a a casual and... Committed, good morning, how's it going? We don't really care how it's going, but we're going to ask you anyway. Because that's just what we do. But how's it going? You know, how's it going? Is it, we, we, we ask how it's going, and then someone starts talking, and we move on. We don't even give them the time of day. Uh, great churches are made up of great friendships. Are you picking up when I'm laying down? Say amen. Now, let me go one step farther. If I have, the, I don't want this to come across self-righteously or in a self-righteous mode, but if I have hurt any one of you, I beg that you would forgive me right now, this very minute. If I have hurt your feelings, done you wrong, been out of line, I want, I beg your forgiveness because I want to be friends. May there be forgiveness and reconciliation all over the building. I want to be your friend. Forgive me. Let's walk through this trial together. That's the kind of church I want to be a part of. How about you? That's the kind of church I want to be a part of. How about you? Two are better than one. Our God is limitless. Sometimes I just need to hear it. There are some times when God's people need to hear good good things from God's people. Does that make sense? There are some of those days when I just need to hear a good thing from God's people. Let me tell you something good. Let me share a testimony. All of us being givers of testimonies when you need it and receivers of testimonies when I need it. Where two are better than one. God is able. He can deliver. Hallelujah. He's limitless. So, as the worship team prepares to sing, and as I lead us in a time of prayer, I had this great, I'm an idealist. I am. I had this great, I had this picture of a friend walking over to a friend saying, I know what you're going through. As friends, let's pray to this limitless God who's able. And rest assured, I've got you back as we walk through this together. Do I have a friend that wants to pray with me? Do you have a friend that wants to pray with you? Or is this just lip service? It's just another nice service? And we'll go home and nothing changes. I'd love to see friends just praying together around the altar saying, you know, I know your mom's not doing well. I know your dad's not doing well. I know your mom's ready to go to heaven. I know your pipes have, your, your pipes have burst. I know a tornado almost took your home away. Yada, 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 yada. All of us have those stories. I want to be your friend. as God serves as the ultimate. Friend, can I pray for us? And then the worship team will lead. There's going to be an elder on both sides because I want us to take that point seriously about God burning the ropes away. That can only be done in the midst of a fiery test and trial that we're not really much good for the kingdom until some of that stuff is gone. It's time for personal growth. Hallelujah. Let me pray for us. God. Thanks for your message. Thanks for your love. Thanks for the great stories of the Bible. God, I ask today that friends would rise up. And then once upon a time, friends, would find forgiveness and reconciliation. And that we would all face this week uh, together, in the plural, serving our God. Folks, help, Father, help us to be bold right now and to grab a hand of a friend and come pray. Let's take it to the Father together as friends, having each other's back. God, you're good. We praise you today. Worship team, would you lead us in prayer or lead us in a song?